Hey everyone, little Scotty here. Um, thought I'd give you a nice article that I wrote many years ago. And I think it's really important and I want to read it to you. Um, my reading skills are well, about fourth grade, so bear with me. Um, a while back, there was a lot of people complaining about the change in the uh, seatbelt laws where everybody was forced to wear a seatbelt rather than, you know, it was optional. So now, um, after years of us wearing seatbelts, things have changed. There are not near as many uh, fatal accidents, and uh, a lot of people survive without a scratch from these really horrific-looking accidents. So... Back a while ago, I wrote this article because I heard so many people complaining about, you know, it's my car, it's my body, it's my life. If I don't want to wear a seatbelt, I don't have to. So when I read this story, you'll see why it's a good idea to wear a seatbelt. So here we go. Everyone here in the Midwest is complaining about the need for reform in the driver's education to stop the unique or untimely deaths of our teenagers. Here's my take on the whole thing. It was a tragedy what happened in this year in Oswego, Illinois, where five teenagers were killed in a vehicle driven by a 23-year-old drunk driver. I don't condone drunk driving by any means. I don't think anybody does. She'll do the time in prison and will have to live with the horror of knowing that she's responsible for killing five people because she didn't know when to say when. But... Here's the main reason they were killed. No seatbelts. We have no problem as a society teaching our kids to do or to use a cell phone, computer, or a hunting knife. We teach them how dangerous all of these items can be if not used properly. But no one seems to give a crap about teaching them how to buckle their damn seatbelts. I have a job where one of my duties is to evaluate a heart of a brain-dead person to see if the heart is usable for a transplant patient. 95% of the time, it's a teenager or young adult who was, in, who was an unrestrained driver in a car accident. It's not very pleasant being in the room watching the family say goodbye to a loved one who could have been saved by a seatbelt. There were always pickup truck drivers. I don't know what the deal is with that. It was just one of those things where they were driving a pickup, it rolled over, they were thrown from the pickup and, you know, died of a head injury or were, were in the process of dying of a head injury. And I was up in the room evaluating the heart to see if we could use it for a transplant. The truth is, is it was probably the worst part of my job. So um, we'll get on with this. Want to make things better? Forget about all these new teenage driver laws and increase the fine for seatbelt neglect. I know what you're thinking. The seatbelt messes up my suit. We'll look at it this way. Mess up your suit versus being ejected from a car at 50 miles per hour. A wrinkled suit looks better now, doesn't it? Seatbelt laws are just another way of the man keeping us down. Yeah, that's what they're there for. 
keep you down and alive. Shut up. Turn the page, folks. The airbag will save me. No, it won't. If you don't have a seatbelt on, you can suffer serious internal injuries, not to mention several cases I've seen where the brain-dead person was thrown over the airbag and through the windshield. This is not a pretty trip to take. Lots of glass and sharp things on the way through the windshield. My mom and dad don't wear seatbelts. Your mom and dad are idiots. I'm worried about your gene pool. My seatbelt will trap me in the car if it catches on fire. Wrong. If you don't have your seatbelt on to start with, you'll be dead anyways. Consider it a free cremation. Much less costly that way. I feel claustrophobic when I wear a seatbelt. It's too confining. You'll feel more, much more claustrophobic in a coffin. As the eagle says, get over it. I like to snuggle with my girlfriend in the front seat. Here's an idea. Park the car or get a room. You'll be snuggling a dead body on the street. Those bodies get cold fast, and the relationship is pretty much over at that point. If it's your time, it's your time. Why worry about a seatbelt? I wonder how many people crossed over to the other side and were met by God, and the first thing he said to them was, It wasn't your time. Why do you think I helped put seatbelts in cars? Now your room won't be ready for another 50 years, so you are officially homeless in heaven. Hey, that sounds like a country song. I'm sending it down to Garth Brooks, God's voice impersonated. No actual homeless people were harmed in the making of this paragraph. One more thing. If you don't have health insurance, you should be forced to wear a seatbelt. Bring back the automatic shoulder harness. I'm tired of paying for medical bills because you weren't smart enough to wear a seatbelt. comes out of everyone's pocket except yours because you'll be brain dead. It's always someone else's fault. It had nothing to do with me making a phone call, drinking a mocha latte with skim milk. Heaven forbid I should have a calorie or two while I'm drinking my coffee. My eyeliner is in need of a touch-up. I can't find my Justin Timberlake CD. My pantyhose are bunching. I couldn't find my PDA. That's old. My PDA? Let's say cell phone there. I need to set a new ringtone for my phone. Blah, blah, blah. One of the best bumper stickers i ever seen is shut up and drive. You can also use your turn signal when there is a phone in your hand. What a novel idea, huh? So, what do you think? I don't care. Put your seatbelt on. I'm tired of young people funerals. Well, anyhow, I wanted to read that to you. Um, it is an article I wrote years ago, but I figured... Uh, Something we could discuss, really, when you're raising kids. It's kind of an important thing to teach. Um, if you're not bright enough to wear a seatbelt, um, that doesn't mean you can't teach your children to be um, bright enough to wear a seatbelt. Um, I just don't understand. I mean, it's really not that hard to get used to. 
once you have worn a seatbelt for two or three weeks, you don't even realize you're wearing it. Um, I find it to be one of those things that it took me, I don't know, all of, all of a week to get used to. And then it was just habit. I just put the seatbelt on when I got in the car. And I tell you, it helped a couple of times. Um, one time I got rear-ended really bad. Um, I was in a little Saturn um, car and I had a big old, I don't know what it was. It wasn't a Monte Carlo. It was like a car that size from the 1970s rear end me um, on a wet road where he hit me hard enough where I broke my seat in half. So I'm laying flat on my back seat looking up at the ceiling. I had been knocked out cold for about a minute or so. That's what they, the guy who hit me told me. And uh, I realized uh, this was really no fun at all. Well, before I, you know, I was trying to get out of the car and it was in a little bit of pain. My back was hurting pretty good. And, and uh, the ambulance driver comes up to me and says, did you recline your seat? Um, you know, were you in that much pain that you had to recline your seat? I said, I didn't recline my seat. My seat broke in half. He goes, you get a free ride to the hospital. Anytime someone breaks their seat in half, they get a free ride to the hospital. So the kid, they estimated, hit me at about 50 miles an hour, and I was fully stopped. So um, I was pretty lucky. I just got out of that with uh, a lot of bad bruising and uh, some pain in my back that eventually eased up. So still, just, you know, the kid didn't have a seatbelt on. He had cut his forehead because he hit it on the you know, the visor just above the windshield or below the wind, above the windshield. And uh, he was, he was hurt. I mean, he was shaken up. He had a couple of friends in the car and they were thrown around. And, you know, when you hit someone at that speed and I knew he was going to hit me, I could see him in the rearview mirror and he was coming up on me. And I knew, I just knew this kid is going to hit me. <laughs> and sure enough, I was right. He nailed me pretty good. And uh, now, if I had it back, I probably would have uh, checked, have my back checked a little bit better because I still have problems with my back. I always had problems with my back. Sorry, I had to drink, drink some coffee to clear my voice here. Um, I think that the seatbelt problem in the United States is something that has eased up over the last couple of years. Um, I know that there is a significant problem now that most people wear seatbelts. Um, there's a problem with donated organs for transplant because there's not as many severe accidents where people end up brain dead. Um, we still have quite a few brain deaths from, you know, something, something like a, uh, hemorrhage in the brain will take you out pretty quick. Unfortunately, I had a brother-in-law who had a blood clot go from his heart to his brain and have a severe stroke, and he just had a knee replacement and something went wrong, and, you know, they ended up taking him for parts and putting him in other people, and uh, that was pretty sad. It was hard to watch. Um, anyhow, 
I'm not. This one isn't very funny at all. I don't know what's going on. But anyhow, let's uh, let's move on to some other topics, maybe. Um, so I don't really think I'm going to cover politics that much because it's such a volatile kind of thing, and there are so many bad things going on right now in this society that I don't know how you make it interesting without laughing. But um, I watched a uh, I watched a press conference last night from our darling president, uh, Mr. Trump, who uh, wanted to uh, talk to the nation about the coronavirus, which we're in the middle of right now, and proceeded to show a propaganda film that looked like it was out of World War II from. Uh, Mr. Hitler's uh, collection, and um, it had mentioned how great he was and how fantastic the world was because of him, and it was just ridiculous to watch. I couldn't believe this. The, this guy was out of his mind. I, I just don't understand it. And, you know, the people who we really need to hear from are the doctors and the, you know, the ones that are significantly helping us to beat this virus. And that's why I was watching it because I wanted to hear from them and see when it was going to peak and when it was going to end. And here I get, you know, Captain Crazy um, giving me all this information about how wonderful he is. I've never seen such a narcissistic person in my life. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I know that some of you out there might be Trump fans. And you know what? I'm I'm sorry if I'm pissing you off. I don't mean to. Um, I've always been an independent. I really don't. I just pick the one I think is going to run the country the best. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did not vote for him, um, but I wasn't crazy about the other candidate either, which is what ended up getting us in this mess to start with. Um Everybody thought this would be a good idea to shake up the um, political scene by putting in someone who had no political experience and it ended up being a disaster where he dismantled so much stuff in the government that when we needed it, it wasn't there. One of them being the people who studied pandemics, took that whole department apart and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a pandemic and he's now trying to scramble to get people who know what the, they're doing to cover it. It's just ridiculous. Um, I have a hard time with this guy because I just don't think he's meant, he doesn't have the temperament to be a politician. You have to walk on, you know, some slippery slopes to be a politician. You have to know how to deal with people. You have to, not say everything that you think, which is what this guy does. Uh, no matter what comes into his head, he thinks he can say it out loud. And uh, we have alienated all of our allied friends in uh, Europe because of this gentleman. And I don't know, I'm kind of fed up. I'm looking forward to the election and I'm hoping that we have enough people with enough brain power to say goodbye to this gentleman because he's ruining our reputation throughout the world. And uh, 
I know it's all about America first, but the truth is, is that America has been known for being the, uh, you know, not necessarily the police all the time, although we get a reputation for being that, but we've also been known for being the humanitarian country, the one that puts the people out there and helps, you know, dig wells and, you know, deal with famine and, and, uh, you know, vaccines needed. Um, we're that, we're those people. And now we're not because this guy doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to just have a strong economy, which he thinks he's going to run on and win. And the truth is, is that right now, uh, because of this pandemic and what they've had to do, the economy is kind of a mess. So anyhow, um, I think that this is enough talking about, you know, what I'm thinking right now, which is that Mr. Trump needs to go. Um, if you are one of those crazy Trump people who write uninformed messages, um, please don't send me them. I, I probably won't even read them. Um, it's just not worth it. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to believe what you say. Um, most of you are Fox um, News listeners, and you don't get real news. You get Trump news. You get news that's okay with Donald Trump, and that's all you get. And every one of those anchors on there is in Trump's pocket. So that's what you're getting. If you believe that that's the news, then I feel sorry for you. You know, watch your local news and see what happens. You'll see what the truth is. Um, all right, that's enough of that. So I was thinking last night about uh, some of the things that I went through as a parent early on. Um, when my daughter was born, the first one, um, I was assaulted with the smell of a dirty diaper. Now, when they're little, little, when they're first born, there's really no smell. It's kind of deceiving. You think, okay, this isn't that bad. I can get through this. At about three months, um, the smell hits you like a ton of bricks. And suddenly you're looking for one of those M95 masks or N95 masks to put over your face when you change a diaper. Um, I want to warn you, if you just had a new baby, this is coming. Um, if you're a gagger like I was with that kind of stuff, I mean, I could you know, I could clean up puke and stuff like that. It didn't bother me as much, but these diapers, whoa, they were hard. And uh, like I said, at three months when the smell enters them, half the time I would run like a little baby when I could smell it and hope to God that my wife picked up the baby and changed her. Um, but I spent a lot of time watching the baby by myself, so you can't let them sit in their own crap for any period, any period of time. They get a little cranky, and your wife calls you an idiot, and then uh, DCF is called, and God, it's just a mess from there on. So um, I thought I'd let you know that it's one of the most fun times in a way because at about the – one month mark, two month, well, more more like the one month mark. They start focusing. Um, 
this is something I learned in pediatrics that, you know, they, they have trouble focusing for a month because, you know, their eyes aren't used to being open. They're usually foggy and they can see shadows and stuff like that. And they can hear your voice and they're used to your voice because, you know, they can hear through the mother's stomach and actually pick up on the dad's voice and, the you know, the mom's voice is obviously pretty easy for them to hear. And then even brothers and sisters they can pick up on. So um, it's really funny. You know, you, you could say something when the mom is nine months pregnant or eight months pregnant and the baby will turn or move or flutter a little bit and give the mom a little bit of a jump. And uh, it's pretty funny to watch. And uh, there is quite a bit of action going on in there. They'll start moving pretty quickly uh, when they hear your voice. So um, labor and delivery is always interesting. Um, I probably should have talked about that first. But, you know, you have to be ready for it in a way because it's not anything like uh any woman has ever described to you. Um, when you're in the room, you think to yourself, there is no way a baby's coming out of there. It's just not possible. And, and sure enough, here comes the head of the baby and you think, how the hell is that happening? I mean, you know, I, I've been down there. I know what it's like. It just doesn't seem like it's possible, you know, and sure enough, here comes the baby. Um, my first one, my daughter, Katie, she decided to flip upside down three weeks before the delivery. So she ended up being a C-section. But still, you watch them pull the baby out of the stomach, and it's the same thing. You can't believe that big baby. She was nine pounds, came out of her stomach. And uh, she had a little problem breathing at first, and they got her going, and she was fine. And, you know, a little water in the lungs. They suctioned out. She stayed an extra day. wasn't a big deal. But uh, the second one was a regular delivery. You know, back then they would do C-section, V-back deliveries, which are normal deliveries. And, and uh, we had the one C-section and three regular deliveries. Now, if you have the C-section first, you are having C-sections from then on. So anyhow, um, I watched them pull her out butt first, and I... I'll never forget that image. It's still in my head. I can picture it right now, and it's been 30-plus years, and I can still picture it. And it is one of the most exciting times of your life. And when they clean that baby off, because the slime on that baby is absolutely amazing, you start to understand how it got out of there. You know, it's kind of like greasing the wheels. And uh, they put that baby in your arms, and uh, your whole world just changed. Because you realize that you will take a bullet for this child and not even think twice about it. And after what your wife just did, you will take a bullet for her, too. Um, and that will continue as long as you have a happy marriage. Um, I would still take a bullet for my wife, and we've been married 35 years. So it's amazing. Um, the Like I said, the, the delivery of a normal, you know, the normal delivery of a child is uh is a wonder it's just you just doesn't it just doesn't seem like it could possibly work and yet it, it works just fine it's been working fine for well 
since we landed here or whatever you want to call it. Um, no, I'm not an alien believer, but uh, yes, it's been working for a long time. And yet um, it's still an amazing thing when you see it. Um, my second one was my son, John, and, you know, to hold him for the first time and know that, you know, my God, I have a son and my name is going to live on. That's great. You know, and, um, and we named him after my father, you know, who, it was a big thing. He picked up that baby and he said, hello, John, I'm John. And from that point on, that kid was attached to grandpa for ever <laughs> till grandpa passed away. But it just was one of those things that you could tell he was so happy that we named him after him. And um, it's just a great thing. And you'll love it. You will absolutely love it. And you may faint. If you faint, you're, we're going to give you the wimpy chair. And uh, you'll have to sit in that so that you can still see things, but you won't faint on the nurses. Um. I've seen some pretty funny videos on that America's funniest videos where the husband does a nosedive right as the baby comes out and they probably do more damage to their face than any damage that's done delivering the baby. But um, if you think you're going to go down, sit down right there, sit down, don't do anything else. Um, those first three months of your child's life are, spectacular. And once they start focusing on you, you are going to be so happy that it it will absolutely amaze you. You will never believe that the world could have existed without this child. And I mean that you really will, and it will not ever change. You, you will always feel that way. And the more that come along, the more you'll feel the same way about them. So I don't know. Um, those three months, oh, you know, I, don't know, I really want to say, we all have iPhones now, okay? And iPhones, you can take videos, okay? Um, buy um, extra memory in the iCloud, okay? And start filming this baby. Everything they do. I mean, I have hours of my first child sleeping. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I bought one of those monster video cameras when they were $1,000. And, you know, it just was ridiculous. My wife wasn't really happy when I bought it, brought it home, but she was really happy 30 years later when we had them converted to digital and uh, we can watch them on the TV now. So um, you have to take videos of these, what the child's doing, you know, crawling for the first time laughing for the first time, all of that, you know, be ready to pull that camera out and just take some video. And you will be so glad you did when you have that all converted and it's a digital thing you can put on the TV and you can watch for hours and hours the videos that uh, you took and be reminded of what it was like to be a new dad or a new mom and You'll never forget it. I'm so glad I bought that video camera when she was three months old. And I used that video camera until the fourth one came along. And, you know, it it held up pretty well. I mean, it was a monster, but it held up. So my biggest advice I could give to new parents is start filming 
a minute or two after the baby comes out. Once they have it all wrapped up and, you know, set for you to take, start filming. Please do not film the delivery. If you think that's a good idea, I want you to pick up your hand and slap yourself in the face. because It's just not a good idea. Do not film your own delivery. Um, it's No one wants to see that. Trust me, no one wants to see that at all. So, um, but they're going to want to see the rest of it. You know, grandma and grandpa are going to want to see the time that the kid who's 19 now or 20 now is crawls for the first time and try to remember back when that happened. So that's my best advice right now. Um, I know this wasn't quite as funny as maybe yesterday was, but I just feel like sometimes I just want to talk about things and seatbelts were the topic today and I'll pull out another one. And before you know it, we'll go through quite a few different topics and like I said, I'm going to try to leave um, the message board open so you guys can send in um, questions. I'm not sure I'm doing it right, but I'm trying. This is all new to me, so I'll give it my best shot. I want to thank you for listening, and uh, have a great day, all right? Hold on, my mouse isn't working. Oh, no, what am I going to do? I'll just sit here and listen. Can you hear me? Oh, great. Found it. See you later.